0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here.
1: Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing Season 5, Episode 3 of Love After Lockup. On this episode, Renika confronts Asante on the phone. Brittany struggles with her relationship with her daughter Gracie. Melissa and Louie play nice while plotting to sneak out on Louie's mom. Brittany and Keyrock are running late to his meeting with his parole officer. Chelsea goes to pick up Mikey and we meet Joy Nami who is pawning her stuff so she can have enough money to pick up her man red from prison. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating and if you watch 90day fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90day MK. Teachable moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks and enjoy
0: Hello miss H.
1: Hello Mr. O.
0: How are things going with you?
1: things are chugging along it's october it's starting to feel a little more like fall
0: i guess i guess a bit i mean there's football and stuff going on so that's what i've been spending most of my weekends doing now oh
1: i had but- my first pumpkin spiced something or other from starbucks <laughs> like i mean in my life i'm not talking about like of the season uh, Oh, not even of the season
0: of your in your life
1: <laughs> in my life it was okay. actually pretty good sorry right. yeah i mean yeah. it's
0: mostly sugar and like and that's the thing is it's pumpkin spice, which means it's not actually pumpkin as much as it's just like nutmeg and cinnamon.
1: I was like. going to say like cinnamon flavored, because that's – I was definitely getting like – oh, because I got a chai latte with pumpkin and I was like this is just basically an enhanced version of what it tastes like normally.
0: That Yeah, that sounds about right because it's chai, it's got all the stuff in it already.
1: <laughs> right. Okay. Well, speaking of enhanced versions, uh, let's talk uh, maybe Melissa and Louie. So Melissa and Donna, uh, Louie's mom, have successfully picked up Louie from prison and they are on their way to Donna's house. Melissa tells us that she has been waiting for this moment for over 20 years, and it super annoys me that she's making it sound like she's been waiting for him since high school. But anyways, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Donna is already getting upset because Louis has to check in with his probation officer and Donna wants to go with him because she doesn't trust that Louis will tell her everything. And Louis says it doesn't involve her. So why? So why is she trying to go? Louis says he's 41 years old and he has to be able to be independent. And Melissa starts to say something but is cut off by an already irritated Donna. Melissa just keeps her mouth shut and Louis tells us that everything is stressful because he didn't have to really take care of himself in prison. Louis knows he needs to take on more responsibilities now that he's out. They get back to the house and Louis says it's kind of triggering being there because he used to get high. He's hoping his probation officer won't make him stay in Georgia for very long. Louis wants to spend his life with Melissa in New Jersey. They make plans in private to go to the hotel after dinner. And Melissa says it's up to Louis to tell his mom since she thinks she uh, they're staying there because of probation. Donna has cooked and Louis is super excited to eat a home cooked meal. He then addresses Donna being protective and hostile and points out that maybe it's because Melissa's there getting some of the attention she would have normally been getting. And Donna cries and says she deserves the attention because she's the one who's given him a lot of time and money. Melissa says that she's not trying to be his mom. Donna says she feels like she's being pushed aside. Louis says he understands where she's coming from. Donna then cries, saying she lost her dad and she's not ready to lose him, too. Louis says he's there. He's out of prison. He just doesn't see it like they're losing each other. Louie promises that he won't go down that road again, the road of addiction, and he asks her, doesn't she want better for him? Melissa then says that she's only there for a week and then after she'll get Donna will get him all to herself. And Louie then suggests making a to go box, you know, for the hotel. Donna suggests that Melissa can sleep on the couch and says that he doesn't know if the probation officer will just roll up on them. Louie is objecting, so Donna gets nasty real quick and tells him to basically shut up. He's staying. Melissa can't believe what's happening as Donna calls her into the living room because she's made up the couch for her. Melissa is under the blankets, by the way, still in her cheerleading outfit, oh, vowing that she will go to the hotel with Louie that night. I was going to sneak
0: out. I guess. I guess that's the plan. Um, yeah,
1: I guess that's the plan. So, what do you think about Donna? Like, what did you think of her parenting style in this whole thing?
0: I I, I think as much as we always talk about people who kind of get stuck at whatever age they went in, is mm-hmm. she got stuck as the parent of somebody that age, and yeah. like she she she's acting like she's the parent of. A teenager or a young teenager at that, and not the parent of somebody who's forty one years old, like
1: right. And that's
0: when he cut out and said, it. "I was like, oh my god, he like he's my age." And she's like, "Do you have your slandels and your sh- do you have your shampoo and your body wash like for the shower? Like, oh what my are you gosh. doing? Like, he's not a child."
1: Well, even separate from that, it's like, okay, so who cares if he tells you what the probation officer says or if he's trying to hide things from you, like. That – it's not to say that's none of your business because obviously she's – she feels she's in some kind of like caregiver role of some kind. Yes. But it's just like he's going to lie to you one way or the other. So you just have to trust him.
0: Right, right. Whether whether he does it or – yeah. Yeah, he's good. Right. But it it is also like there becomes a difference and it becomes when you are an adult, right, where you're no longer – Like you can keep things from your parents, but not be hiding them from them from your parents. Like you're not you're no longer under any obligation to tell your parents everything. Is it nice that you want to or nice if you have a good relationship where you feel like you can and they'll give you good advice? For sure. Awesome. But it ultimately is not her responsibility and can't be her responsibility. And I think that's kind of the mistake she's making is she's trying to take it you know, I think her feel like her heart's in the right place and she's trying to take it all on herself because she feels like He can't handle it. But if he can't handle it, then ultimately he's going to be the one who can't handle it. Like she can't do it for him.
1: Right. And that's part of what I was meaning by, you know, he's going to lie to her one way or the other. He's either going to lie to her about what the PO says or, you know, if she had been there and, you know, got to hear from her for herself what the PO says, he's going to lie to her about his progress or his whereabouts or Or whatever it is. Yeah, For
0: sure. Mm -hmm. Right. If he's going to lie to you, he's going to lie to you. Yeah, Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So it's just, I don't know. I, and like her little mini meltdown where she just like got real nasty, that like kind of scared me.
0: Right. And it's <laughs> I like, I
1: didn't like that.
0: Yeah. And especially when it's like, I'm just afraid he's going to use again. It was like, well, maybe snapping at him and t- like it, it being like, no, you do what I say. Shut up. You're staying. End of story. Like that's stressful. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's not helping if what you're trying to do is take away triggers or whatever. Right. So, it just it it just seemed like her so hard trying to and she's been this is this is my been my gripe with her this whole time is she's trying to exert control over a situation that's not hers to control
1: right yeah exactly um i was actually a little surprised that he stood up for melissa as much as he did Mm-hmm. That being said, at the end of the day, I mean, they're still listening to mom, and Melissa's like, Yeah, well, I you mean, know, it's because. Tucked under the covers, ready to jump out and make a run for it. That's
0: because she's right. You can't spend the first day you're on pr- pr- parole, like, and sneak out of the house at night. Because I feel like that's kind of a test. If I'm a parole officer, I'd be like, when's the most likely night they're actually going to. Uh, who are the people I have to worry about the most? Let's put it that way. Yeah. Right, If I'm a parole officer and I need to know who I need to keep track of, who I need to keep a closer eye on, who I need to look out for, I'm going to check in on that first night. Yeah. If they're there that first night, all right, that's fine. If they're not there, if they skipped out like the first night they were out, they couldn't follow ru- the rules for one goddamn night, that's somebody I'm going to keep my eye on, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, I could see – it's probably a more likely night than other nights that he'd just pop in and stop by or they would pop in and stop by – and he's technically, yes. And whether or not you actually think you're going to get caught, right? And this is something that you and I both get as rule followers. Sure. Is like, but that's not the rules. You're not supposed to leave the house. You're supposed to sleep there. Like it wouldn't – I don't even know if it would enter into my head to be like, well, I'll just – whatever. It's a dumb rule. I'll just leave and I won't get caught. Like I feel like that's what criminals did all the time. Well, why did you do the thing? And their answer is like, well, I didn't think I would get caught.
1: Yeah. I didn't think anyone was checking on me or no, anyone would notice.
0: <laughs> right. Right. And it's like, but I follow rules all the time. And you're like, well, didn't you think you could have gotten away with that and nobody would have noticed? I was like, probably, but that's not what kept me from doing it. It's like that right. getting, getting caught isn't what's stopping me. It's the fact that you told me this was the rule. And so, okay, this is the rule. I'm doing that. Um, and so, it does seem especially dumb to just do it that night. Now, I go back and forth, right? But I feel like – I mean this is tough to do when you're when you're Donna but I'm also like – he's 41 years old and it's his girlfriend. Like he needs some private time with his girlfriend. <laughs> like yeah. can't Donna go like get groceries or something like just – and not like be like, well, here I'm leaving. Here's the time you guys can go have sex but just be like, you know, oh, like come up with some excuse to leave the house for a little bit.
1: Well, right. she's actively trying to keep them apart, right? right? I mean, she could have been the cool mom and let them sleep in the same bed. And I don't even want to say the cool mom because it's like you're forty one. Like yeah. keeping your kids apart, even though you know it's boyfriend girlfriend, is something that like I feel like parents do when you're like in college or something like right. that. Right, and, like,
0: and that's that's the part where even even in college, you're plausibly not sleeping with e- not sleeping in the same room with each other all the time, right? It's like yeah, but once it's like. And I get parents are different things, but once like it gets to the point where you're like – like I know my brother when he was with his his now wife like at the time, it was like he was living in my parents' house after college and I would just be like, all right, I'm leaving. I'm spending the night at her house like yeah. later. Like once you once you do that, we like – but she comes over. No, she's got to sleep in the basement now. It's like, come on. Like we – you know you know very well we sleep in the same bed all the time. But
1: come on. Right. But that's what I'm like wondering. Like what is Donna's thing? Is she just like – refusing to believe that they're a real couple is she actually trying to keep like Louis celibate like it just doesn't I I it confuses me what her end goal here is and what is she is she just warming up to Melissa because then that would be one thing
0: and what's the what's what's the the worst thing that's gonna happen right right
1: yeah like well probably from her perspective she'd be like well Melissa gets knocked up and right. now Louis's tied to her for the rest of his life
0: as uh, yeah I don't, I don't know I I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't trust my drug addicted son to be like, listen, don't get her knocked up. Like do the things, take, be be smart. Right. I feel like that's, that's kind of what my parents did. That was the unspoken thing, which is like when I was, you know, we never had like a full conversation of, okay, well, when you're doing this, it was very much just a lot of, all right, be smart.
1: (laughs) Don't be dumb. (laughs) Make good choices. Exactly. Yeah.
0: All right. So, um, Let's go to people who uh, definitely haven't made good choices. We'll go to Renika and Oh gosh!
1: Um,
0: so we pick off right. We pick up right where we left off with Renika. So the PI uh, Casey, um, he's giving Auntie a direct call. So on the call, on the call vote, he. It's not a straight up call, or I can even hear a call. He's trying to scam her, so he pretends he's from the front desk of the hotel, and he's like, "There's been some kind of mix up. When are you checking out? We thought we were checking out now. Oh, you're not checking out until." March 1st? Oh, okay. So, he's asking all these questions about the hotel. And, you know, get, they got the confirmation that she's checking out on March 1st. And then um, she, he's also like, well, okay, what do you, do you need anything? Like towels or sheets? You know, we can bring them up for you. And she's like, well, yeah, we could need, need, need more washcloths. And he's like, for one or two people.
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> so, anyway.
0: Yeah, it was very – well, I mean, as as we see, not as slick as he might have thought it was. Yeah. So. From all that, he can – be found out that – like he's also found out that a whole bunch of stuff um, – like Asante is not from Atlanta like he says he was. He's from the mountains and yeah, Renika is um, – you know, this is deeper than, than, than she even thought it went, right? So the next step, Casey, is they can either – he says we can either like do some more verification, like go checking out the hotel and seeing if they're – seeing if he can see them, you know, they can see them actually there together. But notably, if you come with me for that, you cannot pop out and try to fight somebody. God. Or he can pull some strings and you know find a get his bond revoked, which would eventually land him back in prison. So he says it's not the polite. That's not the politest course of action, but it does give you three thousand dollars back. So she chooses. She's going to confirm that he's actually at the hotel with Auntie, and then if if they do, then she'll go move forward with getting the bond revoked. So she chooses. Um, I'm sorry. Um, So he says that typically in Georgia, the way it kind of works is when you want to revoke the bond is you just go ahead and hire a bounty hunter right away and they'll knock on the door and be like, hey, guess what? Your bond's up. We're coming back to jail. (laughs) Um, So that's what they're going for. So Casey suspects that you know this whole setup, Asante, the whole setup, the whole time they've been talking, it's been a scam, Um, especially since um, like – he thought it was very also a red flag that Asante didn't know he had the retainer. He's like, oh, I don't know. They're just telling me it's 3000 He's like, I've never <laughs> yeah. known an inmate who didn't know exactly how much money they needed to get out of prison.
1: That's true.
0: So now Bernika and Casey are going to stick out the hotel and like he keeps reminding her again, like don't pop out. Don't jump out of the car. Don't jump out of the car. But things don't go as planned. So producers catch up with Casey who got a text from Auntie and it says she's figured out that he's not a hotel employee. She says in her text, in her long, like all caps text, that she's 10 steps ahead of everyone. And she was just telling him what he wanted to hear. So you don't have any proof of anything. But Casey means that has seen this kind of thing before. And he's like, this type of angry response means I've touched a nerve. That means I'm getting close. (laughs) And also since Auntie is using the past tense, he's like the place we were staying. She's not at that hotel anymore. So there's no point in going to stake it out. So while they're talking to KC though, they just kind of get this weird shot where they have him and then over his shoulder, you can see Renika angrily talking on the phone and walking towards their conversation and mm-hmm. she's talking to Asante. So, um, it, he is kind of talking about this whole story about getting his social security card. He left to go get his socials. He left, you know, again at like two in the morning because he needed to get his yeah. social security card and oh, his God. license. Um, so she's really starting to vent all of her issues. She just starts going on a rant on the phone at him and keeps it louder and louder until he hangs up. And then she calls him back and is like, you hung up on me? I'm going to keep you – and then starts more of the airing of the grievances until her phone dies. <laughs> so <laughs> the whole situation has got Casey thin- – Casey is like re- reminiscing about the old good bounty hunting days. He's like, oh, yeah, this is the good stuff. This is what I love <laughs> about this job. Um so, anyway, they get in the car now and try to uh, go track down Asante and Auntie. Um, so, I mean, <laughs> we'll put it this way Is Auntie really 10 steps ahead of everybody here?
1: No, no one is. I mean, she's just trying to act like it, right? Um, right. I think it's funny that Asante's excuse about, like, oh, he's getting his social security card taken up, uh, getting taken care of at two in the morning because. I've been to social security office recently. They are they, not they are open not during convenient open. times, no. let alone at night. No,
0: they're most they're open like from 10 to 2 or something ridiculous. Oh my like, God, yeah. yes. It's so <laughs>
1: terrible. Yeah. Um, and then just Ante, I just feel like she's just trying to cover her ass and like get them off the scent of where they are. I think he really has been scamming her the whole time, but honestly, I think it's – Kind of a surprise because it seems like he was interested in Renika like physically. I mean, if we recall from love. Yes. (laughs) Well, okay, they had sex, but even before that, leading up to that, Mm -hmm. like they were having a lot of like video chat sex, like sexting and whatever, like when he was still in prison. And just seems weird to me that he would spend as much time talking to Renika having all this like sexy time and then having like just zero wanting to do with her, right? Yes. Like to me, it makes more sense. And we've seen this happen before where the guy is trying to juggle multiple situations at the same time. Right. He's right. not even trying to juggle. He's like, whatever, see ya.
0: Right. And then she's going to call and keep keep in touch. He's going to be like, well, I'll come up with some kind of excuse, I guess. Right. I'll I'll do some bare minimum. Because, yeah, to me, the other thing that, that confuses me about the situation is that – Auntie knows Mernika, right?
1: Yeah. He's not yeah.
0: – He's. Not, I don't think he's lying to Auntie. No. And so, that's a weird situation, right? Because you're like, oh, I'm in prison. Imagine this, you know, your, yeah. your boyfriend's in prison. Camp. And he's like, oh, listen, you know, I don't got much to do. We don't have the much money. I got this woman on the line. I'm scamming her. She'll pick up my bond. And then once I get out, uh, I, can, I can be with you. And you're like, yeah. all right, that sounds good and fine, right? And then he's like – but I'm just going to have sex with her one time first, like after I yeah. got the money. But before <laughs> – knowing I won't get any more money, but after I get this money, I'm going to bang her and then we can be together forever. It's like, wait, why Why is that part of the plan? Where did that right. come from? Right. Well, <laughs> like,
1: I don't know if the girlfriend knows that part, right?
0: Well, that one was on TV. She's going to find that out eventually. Oh, well, like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually. But at the moment, no. But I mean, I don't know. Ante, she, she thinks that she's 10 steps ahead of everyone. I don't know.
0: Yeah. And I, I 100% don't think she is. I think no. that – I think that it was when she's like, "Where are these towels that they said they were going to bring?" And then right. called the front desk again. They're like, "What are you talking about? We're not that kind of hotel that brings you towels." Get
1: right, out of here. right and then she yeah. was
0: like, "Oh, like she was definitely behind on that."
1: Definitely. So yeah, because I feel like she would have said something then. You know, she's not playing the long game here. Like, right, oh, right. It doesn't I'm make gonna any. I'm going to let them know much later that I'm on to them. It's like no.
0: Yeah. No. You either let them know right away or you. Let them come to the hotel and don't get the confirmation that they're looking for. Be like, listen, right. I know what's up. We're not going to give it to them. I'm going to actually. I'll call my other friend and I'll come out of the hotel room with him so that you and I have in here, and that's the other person I was with. And then yeah. they they have less confirmation now instead of being like, yeah, it makes no sense to say to be to act fooled at the time and then like two hours later be like, ha ha, I was never fooled. Like that doesn't right. make any sense. You were definitely fooled. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, I. You know, it's hard for me to feel bad for Renika because she was warned by so it's many everybody, people.
0: Everybody, know? everybody, yeah.
1: Yeah, and and I mean, like, s- some in kinder ways, you know, where people are like, well, maybe you should get this guy checked out. And it's like, no, but I love him. He couldn't have possibly, you know, be scamming me because I love him. And that's just, like, the faultiest logic. Right. So I just – it's hard for me to really – have a whole lot of sympathy because, you know, the only thing that I feel sympathetic is that she's got kids involved in this situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and it doesn't make me feel sympathetic towards her at all. It makes me feel sympathetic towards the kids.
0: Yeah, for sure. They didn't, they didn't choose any of this.
1: Right. Right. All right. uh, Let's move on to a new couple uh, where there is a kid involved. Uh, We meet Joy Nomi, 29, from Farmington, New Mexico, who is full Navajo, and she has a three-year-old son, Sway. It's five days until, quote, dad is supposed to get released from prison. Red is her man, and Joy, Joy Nomi met seven years ago on Facebook. They met through another connection that was Red's prison uh, cellmate. Red is currently on visit restrictions, so he's never actually met Joy Nomi in real life. Joynomi tells us that even though Red is her boyfriend, she's never had sex with him or any other boyfriend because she's only ever had one night stands. Later, Joynomi's sisters, she has so many sisters yeah, Michelle, Lakeisha, Crystal, they come to visit. Joynomi tells them that she's self conscious that Red won't be attracted to her in real life. Joynomi says that she's shy, and she's really only had online relationships. It works for her since she likes the attention and the fantasy of a relationship. Her sisters have never seen Joynomi in a relationship, and they worry about how serious Red is about her. They're also worried because Red seems to always be fighting, and that's how he ends up in the hole a lot. Joynomi tells us that about four years ago, she cheated on Red when he was in the hole for half a year, and that's how she ended up pregnant with Sway. Red wants to be Sway's dad, and Joynomi is thrilled. Red tells us that he wonders if she had ever, if she would have ever admitted to cheating if she hadn't gotten pregnant, and it's something that he wants to talk to her about once he's out. Joy Nomi is with her cousin and, oh, sorry, her sister, her other sister, none of the three we've already met, and they go <laughs> to the pawn shop. Joy Nomi tells her sister Shoshana that being released is like being born. You don't really have anything to your name and someone needs to provide and take care of you. Joynomi is hoping to make at least $500 at the pawn shop for this release. So Shauna actually gets pretty mad that Joynomi is pawning jewelry her grandmother gave her and other family heirlooms for Red. Joynomi says that she doesn't have the money, so she needs to sell some stuff. She reveals to us that she's already spent a minimum of $40,000 on Red.
0: It's a big number. It's seven years, but it's still a big number.
1: Yeah, Joy Nami has made a lot of financial sacrifices to send money to him, even though she has a job as a medical assistant. She's hoping that he will contribute and help her out once he's out. Joy Nami thinks that Red will want to protect and support his little family, and she thinks that that will keep him out of prison. All right, so, I don't know, personal analysis of your impression of Joy Nami. (sighs) Nami? Nami?
0: Yeah, her sisters were just calling her Joy.
1: Yeah. So oh, I'm, I am just going
0: to go with Joy. Okay. Um, and uh, she seems pretty naive. Um yes. Is, is the first is the first thing I kind of got off got, got the impression of because this whole uh the, her relationship history is unusual, um sketchy. And sketchy, right? She's only dated people online. Yes. And then only had sex with randos outside of that.
1: Yes, it like, seems like it.
0: <laughs> that is – or I guess possibly like friends or whatever that you hooked up with, but whatever. Like not people that you considered romantic partners. Um, right. And so it's definitely a different thing. I don't I, – like. I, it doesn't seem totally healthy to – it never seems totally healthy to me for when people only kind of like have sex and romance like weirdly too far intertwined. It's This is like the total opposite of that. Like they have nothing to do with each other.
1: Right? right, right. Um, Yeah, that is really interesting. I think she very evidently like carries a lot of just low self-esteem.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah.
1: that she feels so self-conscious that Red isn't going to be attracted to her, you know. And I think that's part of the reason why she struggles with having – like, real-life relationships. Mm-hmm. Cause she can because curate,
0: she can curate online, right. for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Sure, and we kind of saw that a little bit, too. You mm-hmm. know, we saw the pictures that she posted of herself online or just pictures that they were showing in, like, our montage introduction. And I'm not saying that they look wildly unlike her, but it's pretty clear that she likes the filters.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean the filters and the angles and stuff, and she knows what she does. I mean they, they kind of beat around it, but it seemed like she's really self conscious, specifically about her weight. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, I could see that.
0: Sure, um, and, and like I, it's certainly a complex, right? And that 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 goes on. And you're right, low self esteem that that comes with it. Whatever it is that bothers her about herself, there's there's certainly the low self esteem that goes with it. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: oh man, this this seems like a very familiar scenario. I feel like mm-hmm. we've we haven't met Red yet, but I feel like we've heard a lot of guys that said they would be, oh, I just want to settle down and I totally want to raise this kid that's not mine and that's oh, all gosh. I want to do. And like I just feel like we we've seen that movie too many times to be like, yeah. oh yeah, I believe this is going to happen. As much as I mean I think the most likely thing is is he gets out and is like, wait, this is like prison too. I can't I still can't do what I want. This sucks.
1: Yeah, I mean, especially like given how aggressive he is, like fighting all the time, mm-hmm. you know, it it just it doesn't have the elements of a successful relationship. And I'm not trying to imply by any means that you know he's uh you know going to be physical with her or anything like that, but him fighting all the time really shows that he's not going to put up with shit.
0: Right, right. Well, and what he considers shit, right? And the thing is, is like a lot of times, what what people who don't have a lot of family uh, experience consider shit is just the things that it takes to be in a family.
1: Right, right. It's
0: like no, you can't just go out until three a.m. every weekend. Like that's not a thing you can do. Um, Right, and 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 stuff like that. I mean, and I think we have that a lot. Right. That's why. That's why so many people are afraid of. Commitment In general, they're just like, okay, this is fine now, but what happens when things change or what happens when I don't want to do it or what happens when it doesn't it gets a little old, ah,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. And that I think is just a big struggle that we see on this show. It's pretty common too is like – People getting out and wanting to have this freedom that they haven't had before, and then mm-hmm. their partners not understanding because they're like, "Well, you said you loved me. Loving me is like spending a lot of time with me, and right. you but know, and, making and, up for this lost time."
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is they both want to make up for lost time, right? Mm. The person who's who's in prison generally wants to make up by lost time by getting out there and doing all the free stuff they could do, right? And, and we've seen how often their definition of freedom means freedom. I want to break the law again. Oh man, right. damn, I'm in jail. Yeah. Ah, oh, crap. Right? We see that a lot. Like the their definition of freedom in terms the uh in in terms of my my woman can't tell me what to do also turns into the law can't tell me what to do either. Right. Right? Yeah. Um and but like I said, they're both making up for lost time. They want that freedom that they never got and the other person wants All the time that they feel like they have banked on these years of you have – I've been, you know, not with you for – we've been in a relationship for seven years and I've literally had zero time with you. So, now in the next two years, you owe me seven years worth of time. Like any of it that you don't spend with me is like, well, I banked those years. I, I banked that time. I want it back.
1: Well, and then speaking of bank, I think this is becomes a tricky situation because the person who spends that much money on someone like feels that the other person, in some weird way, owes them.
0: Right. You it know. Was, yeah. That was that was. She said forty thousand dollars, which is still like
1: over seven years. Which you know, it's like is six thousand like, a year. It's um, still a lot. You it's know, especially not when you're living the way that you're living, and not to say that right. she's living like you know in poverty or anything like that, but it's not. Well, she's you know, still, she's still, she's still working, lifestyle. she's
0: still working to make ends meet. Sure. And,
1: and I mean, the fact that you have to pawn yeah. to, you know, scrounge for $500 just to take a road trip, like things are not going so great for you.
0: For sure. Yeah. And that's. Well, they're that's, not
1: comfortable at least.
0: Right. And then, and we, know, we and who knows it's gonna, how long it can be before he can contribute any money. And like, yeah. that's part of freedom. Like freedom takes money. Freedom is expensive. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, definitely. Freedom from like obligations and stuff like that. But yeah, well, freedom yeah. to
0: do, oh, I want to take a road trip. Oh, man, I want to, like, even when, you know, I was having this discussion, like, even if, like, oh, I can take a trip and wow, I have a place to stay. That's amazing. I don't have to play, stay for a place, but like, I want to take a nice trip. Even if you do that, it's still hella expensive. <laughs>
1: like, oh, yeah, for sure.
0: Right. And so, yeah, it, it, it's freedom is freedom is expensive, you know, going out drinking all night, not cheap. All right. Yeah, so, definitely. Let's go to let's go to Andy and Brittany. So, we pick up this one at the end of the birthday party. You remember the birthday party that Brittany went into for her son, right. Peyton, that Andy was not allowed to, to go into. So, uh, Brittany says that it, in there, it felt normal and she's very excited about how things went. She got to see all of her kids. It was great. So, during that whole time, Andy and his son just waited in the parking lot, like in the car – so, when when uh, Brittany comes out, Gracie goes home with some friends and that leaves Brittany with Andy. And the plan was they were going to drive back to Andy's home, Andy's place in Rome. But she's just like, eh, it's been a long day and I'm tired. Let's just stay here. So, Andy says that he'd prefer to go home, but he's okay getting the hotel for one more night. And when I say the hotel, I mean literally the only hotel in town.
1: <laughs> right. Um,
0: so, he says that this whole situation is a certified mess and he's just going along with it. So, when they leave the parking lot, Andy wants to know, wants to, you know, asks like, oh, well, did he like my cake? And, you know, the cake that looked like poop. Yeah. Um, and that's when Brittany was like, oh, yeah, man, you didn't even get to see that, did you? And it's like, no, you made him wait in the parking. Of course, he didn't get to see it. <laughs> <sighs> so, they pull into the only hotel in town. And while Andy goes inside to see if he can get a room, Brittany takes the time to have a talk with his son. Trying to reassure him, but she's not like trying to bring many of their old problems with their addict mom back. Andy comes back though with two hotel keys and is looking forward to spending some more alone time with Brittany, which to this point has only been that like five seconds where they jumped into the pool fully clothed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he he says he's been pretty patient waiting for the sex so he is pretty excited for tonight. But when they get to the room that's it is a room with two queen beds and she's just really tired and wants to wash up and go to bed. So she says things are super awkward being in the same room with Andy right now. As much as she, you know, cares for him. But while she's in the shower, um, Andy has some pretty high hopes as he puts out the privacy please tag. Which is like, isn't it like 1130 at night? You don't need to put out the privacy
1: please. <laughs> yeah. He's just trying to make a point. <laughs> it's like putting your yeah. sock on the door, you know. Yeah. He's
0: like, I know nobody. I know my roommate's out of town, but I'm still putting the sock on the door. I want <laughs> yeah. everyone who comes by to know. Anyway. So, we pick up the next morning where Brittany says that last night was weird. And Andy uses the word odd. So, we get it back and forth about what, the happen, what happened from each of them separately. Um, Andy tells us that they were not intimate, which was off-putting to him. So, Brittany says that she laid down to sleep after the shower and he kept trying to snuggle his way into sex, which yeah. she was not at all into. So, <laughs> she says the last thing she needed was him being all extra like that. So, while she's in the room alone, you know, Andy's outside doing his interview. She gets a call from Gracie who just wants to talk about how upset she is. Like, she just – starts telling her about, oh, all this trauma and I just feel like everything's being repeated, especially like since I guess yesterday the thing that really got her was yesterday when they were talking things out when Gracie came into the room upset that uh, Brittany had said something around- along the lines of, you know, I always felt like I take advantage of you because I know you would come back no matter what and that really got Gracie <laughs> because mm. that's kind of uh, the part of her she hates the most is the fact that she knows like – that, the, that Brittany can do a lot of crap to her and it ends up being her who has to come back, whatever. So Brittany is ready to listen and make things right, but that's going to take a lot of time when she's asking for Gracie now. So Gracie's very hot and cold. I was very confused. We'll get there. So she tells us that it's, it's in situ it's moments in situations like this that used to trigger her to use before. And she's right now feeling like her whole family is just kind of sitting there and watching and waiting for her to fail. And that makes it feel like a whole other prison. So I guess That was me. I I don't know what to make of what Gracie wants. Like it seems like at one minute she just wants to be with her mom and she's there no matter what. And the next minute she's basically telling mom, well, no, 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 you have to earn like time back with me. And like, So, sometimes it feels like Gracie is fighting to be with Brittany and other times it feels like Brittany has to fight to be with Gracie and I'm not sure – is it just a, is it just, that's how complex things are And it? Is it back and forth or I do is think it, it is
1: complex. I think it's incredibly complex. And I think it's made even more difficult by Gracie just being 18, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think those emotions, like she just hasn't really processed it. And I think that, you know, it's like, oh, your mom's out and you can see your mom. It's like, the obvious reaction that people would kind of put on you is great. This is good news. It is a happy day. Mm-hmm. And then when she wasn't feeling that way, I think it. she didn't know why she wasn't feeling that way. And I think part of it is that she's had this complicated relationship with her mom. And I think there is this fear that, you know, her mom is going to either go back to prison or just not put in the effort to build the kind of relationship with Gracie. And that's going to feel like such a rejection and such a loss. And I can certainly see her feeling that anxiety because, you know, like even as an adult, like if I think back, you know, and if this were my situation, and this were, and I was Gracie, I would be incredibly resentful that Mom already has a boyfriend and she's yeah. shacking up with the boyfriend as soon as she gets out. Why isn't she staying with her kids? You right, know right. why? why are you,
0: and also, even if it wasn't just me, it would be like why? Why is she not working on getting clean instead of just working right. on finding a new dude to to fuck? Right, right. Like,
1: Yeah. And I and I think that there is some element of that, whether or not Gracie says it or not, because you can tell by how she has not been open or receptive to Andy, no matter how friendly Andy has come off, you know, and part of it, I do think Andy kind of creeps her out. But I think it also creeps her out even more like this is who my mom chose, you know, and so I think there's a lot of resentment with. Britney's relationship with Andy that is causing Gracie to feel all these very negative emotions.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it has a little, I think it's also a little bit of like, I don't know, I'm not, not, say, not saying that Gracie is this, but it's kind of like when you, and you would know this, when you leave a cat for a long time, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You come back and they like are all snuggling up on you and they're like rubbing on your leg and they want to hop on your lap. And then like after about 10 minutes of that, they're like, and then they bite you.
1: Like it's like But it
0: is it's very much like, Oh, I missed you so much, you're my favorite, this is great. And then, wait a second, you fucking asshole, why did you leave? Like, god damn it. That was bullshit. Right? And like they want both, so they feel excited that I'm back, excited to be with, with me. And I think it's very similar, right? I think Gracie yeah. is like her mom is there and she loves her mom and she wants to be with her mom. And she wants like it's very exciting to her that her mom's back. But also her mom was really mean to her before, and her mom keeps abandoning her, and uh, in whether voluntarily or not. And she's also she's also like, well, that sucked, and I hated that, and I don't know if I'm if I am in the emotional state where I can fully make myself vulnerable to that happening again. Yeah, right. And and that's and so I, I feel like she her heart really wants to be around Brittany, but her brain is like, well, you're going to get hurt again. You have to keep your distance.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. And, and it's not like Andy isn't creepy, right? Because yeah, because he creeps Brittany out too. That that is going to be a tough hill for them to get over. Right. Like I, I mean, it's that phrase that keeps coming up. I really do think he gives her the ick. Like I think in yeah. person and physically, it's just like, Ugh,
1: yeah. Not but it. I mean, and this is like kind of the problem too, right? Is He's trying to make it so she's all independent, but it's almost like a obligation. Like we were just talking about, you know, Joinomi giving Red all that money. It's like he's giving her this money and I feel like there's some part of him that is like she owes me. Yeah, I'm trying to set her up to be independent, but it's like, but are you? Are you really just by giving her cash? It's not like you're giving her a job. Mm -hmm. She is still really dependent on you. What is she going to do with $1,200, twelve hundred dollars well let's be real here five hundred dollars what is she gonna do with that she can't went to a place with that she can't nope. buy a car with that
0: nope like she could barely get groceries with that i mean it's, right. it's it mean i mean that you five hundred dollars if you have to go out and do everything with it maybe up uh, two weeks if you really stretch it like
1: yeah, that's and it. then what is she going to do? And, then what, and so you do, right? yeah, so it's like she almost has to just like deal with this guy because that's her only option right now. And I just I feel so sad for the people that don't have options and they like feel like they have to be in these relationships because to me that's not you know, it's it's not a real relationship, right? It's, it's Right.
0: Right. It's, it's, it's not it's not a hostage situation or like anything right. that in particular Andy is doing wrong. But it's still like, I mean, he should feel bad. And I think he might. He should feel bad that like she doesn't have any other options. Right. right. And because like, yeah, what is it? Is that the only reason she's with me is because there's literally no other options? Because she even says to us that her family is not really supportive of her.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Well... From them to a little bit more supportive of a family, we got Brittany and Kirok. Key so Cri- Keyrock is so happy because he's eating his mom's soul food and he's been dreaming about it. The family makes fun of Keyrock eating too quickly and Keyrock says that he has to get used to slowing down because he used to have to eat fast in prison so he wouldn't have to share his food. Keyrock tells us that he was in the hole a lot when he first got to prison, so he didn't have much contact with his family. His mom gives Key Rock a cigar and tells us that prison saved his life because it kept Key Rock off the streets. Her only regret for him is that he lost the best years of his life. Key Rock's mom wants to be there for all his firsts since she feels like she missed out, like his first cigar. Brittany tries it and makes a face the whole time. After taking a few pics, they skip out so they can spend the night in a hotel together. Back at the hotel room, Brittany is showing Keyrock all the gifts she got for him, including a Michael Kors wallet, a Citizen watch, some Louis Vuitton loafers. Brittany tells us that she spent around $4,000 on stuff for Keyrock, and he is so appreciative of being spoiled. They comment that this is the first time that they haven't had to be on watch while being intimate, and it's also been like two years. They make their way to the shower and close the door. Brittany and Keyrock, you know, morning after, they still have chemistry. They're so happy that all the things they talked about in prison can now be a reality. It's about an hour to Kirok's PO appointment, and Kirok just hopes that he gets someone who's fair. Brittany is starting to get stressed out that it's taking them so long to pack up and leave. Kirok is the calm one, even though it's his parole uh, you know, meeting, as Brittany is driving like a maniac, trying to get him to his parole officer on time. They're bickering as Kirok is starting to worry about the time, too. Brittany tells us that she's always been the more submissive person, but she says once she's had enough, she's had enough. She gets him to the P.O. 10 minutes before his appointment time, and she tells him to text her, and he says, probably not. So it's pretty clear that Hmm. they're annoyed with one another. He then calls her to tell her that they're at the wrong probation center. She claims, he said, Richmond, where he claims he told her Chesterfield. So we close with that. All right. So, you know, in a situation like this, uh, what advice would you have given them for their uh, trip to the PO here uh, what, what were the missteps
0: well misstep number one is you have to figure out where you're going the night before you go like, okay. especially if it's when it's early morning you have to Yeah, because there's two of them and well I, look, I looked it up Chester, Chesterfield and, and Richmond are like a half hour apart okay. um, so they're definitely when the five minutes before meeting they're not making it right, right. to the other meeting sure sure they won't be like absurdly late, especially if he calls ahead and is like, Listen, I went to the Richmond office. uh, yeah. uh. Right. I don't think it's going to like be the worst thing in the world. Not a good look, but not the worst sure. thing in the world. And like.
1: And I don't especially because he has proof that he was at the other parole office. Right. You know, easily verifiable by the people who are working there and are like, We don't have you as having an appointment here.
0: Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. So, so that's not gonna be the worst thing in the world but they who oh boy they gotta figure out this uh this driving under stress thing mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure like I mean it was it, it's tough because I get I, I get that they're both under stress yeah but like he's gotta let her drive. <laughs> you can't just yell you can't yell at the person driving the whole time because that just makes them more stressed and then everybody gets more stressed and then it just it goes but it it definitely doesn't serve well for the um you know the kind of theory that oh if you ever you know think somebody's the one go on a road trip with them see how that goes and then then you'll you'll know for sure if you can get along that did that that didn't really pass this test for sure (laughs)
1: No, no. And I don't know. Were you team Key Rock or Brittany in the car then? I mean,
0: I I thought they were both doing the same thing. They weren't – neither of them were listening to each other. Right. And it's like they were almost kind of saying the same thing and it's like – but to me, I think, it's, I think it's a little bit different than it used to be. I feel like it used to be if you were in the car with somebody, the driver drove and the person in the passenger seat figured out where you were going and told the driver where to go. Right, yeah. the driver had to worry about traffic and they had to worry about other things. But I think now, like with the phones and the nav and stuff, no, I want my phone hooked up to the nav. I will look at my phone. I will go where my phone tells me to do. Don't don't open your phone and tell me to go some other way. Like <laughs> no, like I have it. I have it collected now. So I definitely think it's the person who's driving who gets to hook their phone and their nav up, and the other people, where other person can keep their damn apps maps shut.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's actually an interesting question, you know, uh, whose phone should be up, who should be, you know, talking. Because I feel like I'm still someone who's like, well, I don't need to see it for myself. You know, if you direct me, I'm fine with that. But at the same time, there are certainly bad navigators. For I mean, sure. Yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, like, she's sure, over there. She's you put turn right there? Oh, right, yeah, right. Crap. I
1: need to know at <laughs> least a mile ahead of the next turn if I need to be in the right lane or the left lane. Because that's what stresses me out when I'm not in control and I don't know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Is I don't know what it is, but it's like being in the wrong lane and then having to like turn. I don't like that. So it's just like, just get me in the right lane and tell me about...
0: Yeah, I'm very you know, much, very much like, far? all right, your next. And I am. I'm like, okay, well, the next turn is going to be a left. <laughs> like, as yes. as to get on the road. <laughs> like, the next turn right. is going to be a right. The next turn is going to be a left. I'll let you know when it's coming up.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, definitely.
0: But yeah, not people. People don't do that, and it gets, it gets more stressful when you're both trying to look at like the same. It, I just didn't understand why they were both looking up the same thing at the same time right. in the car while yeah. they were driving, right? Like, I feel like it might have, they might have been able to avoid going to the wrong office if they just let, okay, Key Rock, just give me an address. Find me an address, yeah. and I will put it in, and I will go there. And then, of course, he wouldn't be so mad about the, I would go to the wrong, because there's going to be a fight about, you made us go to the wrong one. When I'd right. be like, no, you told me the address to go to. I went to wherever you told me to go. Like, right. But yeah, I, I like my I like having my own up, and I like seeing it, because I like... I like constantly looking at it. Okay, half a mile. Okay. Okay, two more miles. Okay, two, one half one and a half more miles. Like I like seeing that as I come up to it myself because I don't, Yeah,
1: I mean I'm kind of indifferent to it. It does help, I think, but I also don't need it. So Yeah.
0: Mhm. All right. So last on the list is Chelsea and Mikey. So Chelsea Chelsea is on the road and she has butterflies in her stomach. So it's the day before Mikey's release, so she's driving down the same thing everybody else does, driving down to be near the prison for the next day. So she gets there, gets to the hotel, and calls her friend Beth. So on the call, we're reminded that she has kids and hopes that Mikey can be a father figure for them, mostly for her youngest, Trevor, because his dad isn't around. So obviously, if her kids don't like him, she's not sure this whole thing is going to work. So we catch up to her early the next morning after a crappy sleep, driving the what she says is five to ten minutes to get to Mikey. So, she tells us that she's still trying to process the trauma of um, her last relationship, which had, um, which had abuse and stuff. So, that also makes her afraid, uh, kind of nervous. Part of that trauma is her uh, fear of having sex, which is why she wants to wait like a few months after they get out. So, these are not really things that she shared with Mikey yet for fear of pushing him away. So, then she gets to the parking area, which is across like the pond from the prison. She can actually see the prison. On this one, um, and starts her wait. So it doesn't. It doesn't take very long before there's a truck that pulls up. So he gets out with a couple of boxes, and like one of them has a keyboard in it. I guess is what he had in prison. Um, but he drops uh, that them. That is like
1: a very popular box. I feel like there have been a lot of, of keyboards releases. Yes, where we have a keyboards. is it Michael and Justine? He had a keyboard. Well, at least he,
0: he was at least a musician. But I mean, yeah. yeah.
1: But I feel like it's very popular.
0: Maybe she has a lot of used keyboards in prison. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, they kiss. They you, 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 She misses some of the greetings that he's trying to say because he's trying to sign things to her. And she's just like spinning around like, look at me. Look at me. Aren't I pretty? Um, <laughs> like you get to see my body now. Um, but he says he's sky high with happiness. Uh, he says he's overwhelmed, but it's a good overwhelming and she's excited as well. So he then we get like that turn where he gets to tell us how he ended up in prison and he just says that growing up, he just basically stole everything and that took him off, that ventured him off into a criminal lifestyle, which before long meant before he even knew what was going on, he was catching felony charges. So, his last stint in prison was multiple charges stemming from a stealing of a car. So, he served four out of his 16-year sentence and he'll be on parole for another six years. He says he's learned a lot about how Chelsea he learned a lot about Chelsea when she was there for him after his strokes, which we heard about last season. So once they get in the car, he asks for her phone to type messages for her, but she says, Don't worry about that. I can read lips. And um but he still wants to get better at signing, so she doesn't have to do that. Which of course he wants to do because she's the love of his life, and he also gives her like a promise ring in the car that she kind of refuses. And he's like, I insist. So I was a little confused about what the promise <laughs> ring was. Um, well,
1: I think it was his ring.
0: Like, the, which, what, yeah, it was a ring that he took off of him?
1: Yeah, it was like a, his own ring. And she was like looking at it. And he was like, Oh, keep it. It's and a she promise was like, ring. No. And she's mm-hmm. she like, Wait, what? No, this is yours.
0: Yeah. All right. So this is the first, this is two seasons. This is the first time we got to actually see Mikey. So what do we? What are your impressions of of Mikey in real life?
1: I mean, I like the guy, but I think the reason why I like him isn't necessarily from, like, meeting him. I mean, he seems like what we have heard of him so far. You Mm -hmm. know, he doesn't seem, you know, overly aggressive. He seems like he's a nice guy uh he seems like he has genuine love for Chelsea and is like willing to do things. I mean, we've watched a lot of 90-day fiance. This guy is actually attempting to learn his uh partner's language. Right.
0: He's one of the he's one of the few people we have solid tangible evidence before he gets right. out of prison that he's actually working on something to be to make to be a better partner for sure. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh we did get a little montage of his like uh you know, life as he's tiptoed into and really stepped into crime. Uh, and that was kind of like weird for me, seeing all those pictures of him being like, I don't know, a thug. Yeah, more or less. Uh huh. Yeah, it, it was odd. And I just don't see him that way now, which mm-hmm. I guess is a good thing. But yeah, but then it does kind of make you wonder, OK, well, that could be him now. We don't know.
0: Right. Is he just is he just covering this up or is he had yeah. like a actual actual change of anything, which I mean, I guess we we'll right. just have to wait and see because this is probably a decently short segment right here. Yes. Right? because like, Yeah. And, and especially because I felt it felt even shorter than it might have actually been because it was just a lot of familiar beats. Right. Oh, driving yeah. to the hotel, asking your friend when you get there, driving to the prison, waiting, hugging. It's like I feel like we've seen this for like this is just part of everybody's story. It's like compulsory. Get out of the way.
1: Right, right, definitely. Okay, uh, so did we miss anyone this week? Oh, yes, uh, Sheree and Anthony. We didn't hear from them this week. hmm mm-hmm. All right, so out of the group you saw this week, uh, who was your student of the week?
0: Um, I guess I'll stick with Mikey. We just had mm-hmm. him. He seemed fine. Maybe, maybe this will come back and bite us as we get there, but like he was making an effort to sign and an effort to, like, you know, we've seen other, you know, it just feels like sometimes we have deaf people, like, even Chelsea said her dad never learned how to sign.
1: Yeah, right? <laughs> like, I know, right? I so, mean, that's your child. Yeah, I know. No. Yeah, agreed. Um, I went with Mikey as well. Um, I just thought it was really sweet, him giving her, like, the impromptu promise ring and, you know, but the whole thing, like, learning how to sign. That's, like, such a big deal in, like – all of their worlds where it's like the communication isn't naturally there right uh mm-hmm. he's taken bigger steps than anyone we've seen in 90-day fiance i feel like so even though i know this is love after lockup but you
0: yeah know, right right for sure
1: same types yeah. of relationships not as, not as
0: many language differences on this one no for sure. no
1: definitely not okay uh what about your dunce
0: uh, you know what i think i don't dislike her but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with joy
1: okay. just because
0: that's that's a lot of money when you can't make ends meet um, to the point, to be the point where you're pawning it. And, it, you know, cause yeah. it's it's one thing to be pawning it and be like, well, you know, I need to pawn it to be able to afford it. And it was like, well, wouldn't you be able to afford it if you just spent to, sent him $4,000 this year instead of $6,000 this year and, and putting a lot of faith and trust into somebody who the only thing we know about is he spends a lot of time in the hole and uh, yells at her a lot.
1: Like, yeah.
0: Like, right. And so it's like, yeah, eh, this just sounds like a sounds like a bad start.
1: Right. No, I agree. I also went with Joy. We're very much on the same page this week. Uh, Yeah. For the reason of like, I feel like she is basically paying for a dad for her son, you know, and she's really <sighs> right. mm-hmm. banking on this, you know, to work out because I feel like you know, she's using this as kind of an obligation, right? Mm -hmm. I spent $40,000 on you, the least you could do. And then, you know, with the pawning situation, it's like, well, you don't really have the money to be giving this. And like, my thought is if you want to give money to whoever you want, like that's fine. But the one rule I think is that you just cannot be resentful or vengeful if that person never pays you back and right. if that person isn't in your life anymore or doesn't pay like, you back
0: in yeah because it's not always payback right she's ex- right. she's expecting payment in forms of this guy is going to be with me and stay with right. me and be a father to my child right yeah. paying paying her back that way
1: right and so if this person's never in your life again like you have to be okay with that and so this has to be money that you're okay with losing mm-hmm. i mean that was an impromptu life lesson but that wasn't my actual life lesson for the week
0: <laughs> uh so, like you said that life lessons, I'll go to my life lessons and mine was like towards Donna and it's like at a certain point as a parent, you have to make the transition but between like rule giver and advisor, right? Mm-hmm. And you don't get to make the rules anymore, right? And that happens at some point in early adulthood, right? When yeah. like, and it's like you, you are absolutely allowed to give your kids advice forever. That is fine. You can't tell them you can't do something anymore.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, mine was actually for Brittany and Key Rock. When planning on being somewhere important at a specific time, always leave yourself enough time for oh, things yeah. to go wrong. I mean, getting there an hour early is much better than getting there ten minutes late.
0: Yep. Yep. No, I. It, and you're right. I do. I do the same thing too. I would be like, I would. I would have. I would have looked at the traffic beforehand. Yep. Right? Double like, that time. Yep. Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would have done the same. And honestly, I would have like seen what was close by and like, oh, is there a Starbucks we can hang out at if yeah, we happen to get, get there early? Yeah. There close yes.
0: by. Yeah. Yeah. I, I could see that. Right. It just, yeah. I, and you won't be the same on that. I just don't. Yeah. We are. <laughs> I don't understand. It just, it just, it, it. it's not the, it's so much not the way my brain works that I'm right. like, I knew when I had to leave and I, Let's subtract left. that
1: time. Yeah, I,
0: I, I don't, people are saying, well, we have to go. Okay, well, no. And then, like, oh, I wanted to leave. And we actually left a half hour after I wanted to leave. I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. What do you mean? Yeah. You said leave. you were going to leave
1: at the time. Just leave at that Just time. Leave. Yep. Like, what are you doing?
0: Like, yeah. Yeah.
1: That's crazy to me. All right. Uh, so we will be back again with this group next week.
0: Yep. We'll see everybody then.
1: Okay. So until then. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. Bye.